What is up everyone? It's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm going to be going through some of the top waiver wire targets heading into week 12 of the NFL season. So talking about every single position, running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses. Some of these players are going to help you win now if you're making that playoff push. Other guys may have some upside later on in the season once you've actually you know, gotten into the fantasy football playoffs. If you guys enjoyed the video, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel. Any questions, drop them down below. But let's start off with the running back position. And I feel like we have to talk about Zach Charbonnet here as the top running back, rostered in 32.2% of leagues. And Charbonnet is someone I've been talking about consistently in these waiver wire videos. Even when he was playing behind Kenneth Walker, he was still getting solid snaps. He's been out snapping Kenneth Walker as of late. At worst, he was a really strong handcuff. And that handcuff value is probably going to come into play at this point. Kenneth Walker left the game with an oblique injury. If Kenneth Walker misses time, which it seems like it's very possible, especially with a uh, quick turnaround this week, I would feel very confident throwing Zach Charbonnet into my lineup. He saw 21 opportunities yesterday. Didn't necessarily have the craziest fantasy day, but on 21 opportunities, that type of workload, I'm confident Zach Charbonnet is going to produce. Very involved as a pass catcher. Now you're just giving him that three down roll. Zach Charbonnet has to be the uh, number one pickup here. And he's also in a spot where he was already gaining on Kenneth Walker. So it's possible that if Walker misses two, three, four weeks, he might not be stepping right back into that starting job. This may be uh, Zach Charbonnet's backfield when Kenneth Walker's back. So he's got to be the top running back pickup. Then we're going to go with Keaton Mitchell here, still definitely on the radar, rostered in 35.1% of leagues. I forgot to mention this at the top. These are going to be players rostered in 40% or fewer leagues using the uh, ESPN waiver wire. But for Keaton Mitchell here, some people are pretty impatient. I really wouldn't be shocked if he was honestly dropped from a few leagues after the uh, Thursday night game. It seemed like a lot of people were kind of anticipating like a huge breakout game from him on Thursday night. Personally, I was a little weary of it just because he hadn't seen that huge jump in his workload and he really didn't end up coming through fantasy wise. But in terms of his usage, I do think there were some bright spots. He only played one fewer snap than Gus Edwards, which is a great sign. He saw nine opportunities to 14 for Gus Edwards. Really the thing that separated these two was that Gus Edwards took all the goal line snaps, which led to two touchdowns. So I do think it's going to be tough for Keaton Mitchell to be a reliable option week to week if he's not able to kind of crack into that red zone role. He doesn't need to like take all the goal line carries, but if they're splitting, then he becomes interesting. Until then, I wouldn't feel confident starting him, but I definitely think he's someone who should be picked up. I feel like he's one of the rare running backs who could be available that doesn't need an injury to actually be startable, right? Some of these other guys I'm going to talk about, their handcuff options, which are still very valuable, but Mitchell has the opportunity to just earn his way into a role, which I don't think we can say about a lot of players on waivers at this point. And then now we're getting into the handcuffs, like I just referenced. Tajay Spears, uh, rostered in just under 35% of leagues. The Derrick Henry handcuff, Elijah Mitchell, rostered in 17.2% of leagues. The Christian McCaffrey handcuff. And then Kenneth Gainwell, rostered in 15.8% of leagues. The DeAndre Swift handcuff. I do think at this point in the season, there's not going to be a ton of players on waivers that you just would love to throw into your lineup. So rostering these handcuffs can be important, right? Because any injury to these guys automatically vaults these players into at worst like RB2 territory. For Zach Charbonnet, in a decent matchup without Kenneth Walker, he's probably a top 12, maybe even top 10 running back week to week. So I think these handcuffs are valuable. You can see it with the uh, Zach Charbonnet situation. So those are a few handcuffs there. And then also just a couple more guys, guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Rico Dowdle, um, also handcuffs 
that you guys should be looking at. And both of those dudes seem to have pretty much locked down that RB2 role on their offenses. Now, pivoting over to the wide receiver position, I actually think there are some interesting options here heading into week 12. We got to start it off with someone who actually didn't even play this week, Demario Douglas with the Patriots, rostered in just under 25% of leagues. Like I said, he had the bye this week, um, but he has been the Patriots' top weapon over the past two games. He went five for 45 in week nine, then he went six for 84 in week 10. This is a very banged up wide receiver room. Got a lot of veterans mixed in there. Douglas is like the young rookie guy who's kind of breaking out here. And he has a very favorable schedule over the next few weeks. If you're in a super deep league, kind of making that playoff push, he is someone who could be, you know, borderline playable moving forward. So he would probably be my top pickup here. The next wide receiver would be Khalil Shakir, rostered in only 5.5% of leagues. He had a big week 11, four targets, three receptions, 115 receiving yards, and a touchdown. A lot of those came on one big play, but I mean, it all counts in terms of the production. He's actually gone for 57 or more yards in three of the last four games. So three pretty impressive performances. Stints kind of stepping into that clear wide receiver three role with uh, Dawson Knox going on IR. And I think we really have to just take a deep look here at this Bills wide receiver room. Obviously, you have Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis has seemingly been the number two option. Gabe Davis has been non-existent over the last few weeks. He has two receptions in the past three games, three total games, two receptions. He has zero receptions in two of those. He has been a complete non-factor at a time where they've needed weapons. Gabe Davis has not come through. I do believe there's like a non-zero percent chance that Khalil Shakir takes over that wide receiver two role. It may seem, you know, kind of like an outside shot for him to do it just because Davis has been established. Shakir really hasn't been playing a ton with this offense throughout the season. But at least in my opinion, uh, Khalil Shakir has shown way more as of late than Gabe Davis. And that's while he's been playing in a much smaller role. He has been outproducing Gabe Davis while running fewer routes. Um, and just getting less opportunities compared to a guy like Gabe Davis here. I also think the change in offensive coordinator could open some things up here. Maybe um, Joe Brady prefers Shakir to Gabe Davis. We saw Ty Johnson get in the mix, which is something we really hadn't seen in previous weeks. So who knows how this shakes out. All I know is that I don't think Gabe Davis is the guy. Maybe Shakir is able to uh, kind of move into that role and could end up being a decent option rest of season. Then we're going to go with back-to-back Packers wide receivers, Romeo Dobbs and uh, Jaden Reed here. Dobbs rostered in 39.2% of leagues, so just made the cut. And then Jaden Reed rostered in 18.5% of leagues. Starting off with Dobbs here, he has been very touchdown dependent this season, but he just continues to score. He has seven touchdowns in 10 games on an offense that's not necessarily like a top passing attack with a ton of passing touchdowns. So he continues to get into the end zone. He has put up 11 or more PPR points in six of the last eight games. And then he's just getting those starter routes like him, Watson, and Reed are really all in the same range. None of them are getting like 95 plus percent, but they're all getting a fair number of routes where you could consider playing them week to week. Then we have Jaden Reed who has back-to-back big games. In week 10, he went five for 84 with a touchdown. In week 11, he caught four passes for 46 yards, then had three carries for 46 yards and a touchdown. Um, He was tied for the second most routes run for the Packers here in week 11, and he has 11 or more PPR points in four of the last five games. Now, I don't know if I'd fully trust either of these guys in my lineup, but so far, since Christian Watson has been back, both of these dudes have very easily outproduced him, and Christian Watson had been locked in or has been locked in to like those wide receiver one snaps. 
he has just not been effective. So I wonder if at some point they end up, you know, bumping up the usage of guys like Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs and starting to uh, limit Christian Watson's usage. It's possible. At this point, I really wouldn't feel comfortable playing either of these guys on a week-to-week basis because their production doesn't feel super sustainable. And I don't think they have a very high weekly floor, but these are both two young wide receivers who could have some, you know, interesting production rest of season. And then the final wide receiver is going to be another younger guy, Jamison Williams, rostered in 14.6% of leagues, saw his raw participation rise up to 66%. Somewhat encouraging there, caught two passes for 44 yards and a touchdown. So nothing crazy in the production department. But I think what is interesting is we have to look at where those receptions took place. He scored a late game touchdown when they were trying to come back, or they did end up coming back against the Bears. So he had that touchdown later on in the game. And then he also had a two minute drill catch. I believe it was late in the first half. So both of his opportunities came in important moments, which does mean he is gaining some trust within this Lions offense. I just think he's clearly more talented than whatever wide receiver they want to throw out there as their wide receiver too. So maybe he ends up having a late season breakout, not necessarily banking on it, but I'd rather bet on a young guy like this than some random veteran who we know what we're getting. Now, looking at the quarterback position, to be completely honest with you, the quarterback position on waivers is in a terrible, terrible spot. If you don't have a solid quarterback on your roster right now, it may be slim pickings when it comes to the uh, waiver wire for the quarterbacks. I just have one guy here. It's Matthew Stafford, rostered in 31.4% of leagues, and I don't even think I'd feel super confident playing Matthew Stafford. Um, obviously, you're hoping that Cooper Cup gets healthy or is going to be good to go for uh, week 12, and then he does have a nice matchup against the Cardinals. Outside of Matthew Stafford, though, there's really not a ton I'd be looking at um, with the quarterback position on waivers. Now, pivoting over to the tight end position, we've got a new name here, which I think is pretty interesting. Obviously, the situation why he's on here is not ideal, but um, it's going to be Isaiah Likely, rostered in less than 1% of leagues. And with Mark Andrews out for the season, I think Likely should definitely be the top tight end pickup this week. Um, he's only in a second season, and he really hasn't done much production-wise, which you know may kind of turn people off to him. But we have to look at Isaiah Likely's production when Mark Andrews has not been in the lineup. So there are three games where Isaiah Likely has played 60% or more snaps. Uh, Mark Andrews missed two of those games, and then he left really early on in the third one. And keep in mind, these are from Likely's rookie season, so he may be better at this point. So in the three games without Andrews, he's gone six for 77 in a touchdown, one for 24 in a touchdown, and then eight for 103. So two games with 75 plus yards, he scored a touchdown in two out of three of those, six plus receptions in two of those games. He has been impressive without Mark Andrews. You're probably not going to find a better waiver wire tight end at this point. So Isaiah likely should definitely be the top option there. Um, and if you did have Mark Andrews, like obviously it's going to be a hit to your lineup, but likely should be the guy you're going after there. Um, then we have Luke Musgrave, just always in this video, rostered in 27.7% of leagues. The production hasn't been great, but you're probably just not going to find another tight end on waivers with his weekly route participation, which is going to give him some opportunities. And then Johnny Smith, rostered in 26.2% of leagues. His production has definitely slipped off over the past four weeks um, prior to his bye in week 11, but he does have four games with 10 plus PPR points, which seems like a low bar, but you're probably also not going to find someone who's done that um, on waivers at the tight end position. And now pivoting over to the final position here, the defenses, some decent streaming options this week. Going to start it off with the Titans rostered in just under 5% of leagues going up against the Panthers. This Panthers offense is a mess. That's why you'd want to be looking at the Titans here. Then we have the Patriots rostered in 28.9% of leagues. The Patriots are also a mess. 
Um, and the Giants actually were somewhat competent against the Commanders this week. I don't know if they're going to do it in back-to-back -back games, so I do like the matchup of the Patriots going up against the Giants. Then we have the Broncos rostered in just under 5% of leagues. They're going up against the Browns. This Broncos defense is fine. Browns offense um, with Dorian Thompson-Robinson at quarterback didn't look all that great against the Steelers today. So I think that's an interesting pickup. Uh, Bengals rostered in 14.8% of leagues going up against the Steelers. Steelers, they were in that Browns game. They were worse than the Browns on offense, which was a pretty low bar. Um, so Steelers are definitely an offense you want to look to kind of counteract with the defense. And then Falcons rostered in 19.3% of leagues going up against the Saints. If you're getting a Jameis Winston start, you're probably in store for at least one, maybe two, three turnovers, which obviously is going to lead to uh, fantasy production. So Falcons could also be interesting. And that's going to wrap it up for all the uh, top waiver wire targets heading into week 12. I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Hopefully this helps you go out and make your uh, waiver wire claims. Check out my start sit videos coming out tomorrow. Have the trade targets um, out today also if you guys still have your uh, you know trade deadline out ahead of you. But thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.